0: And welcome to another episode of the Help on the Way podcast. Um, I am not your co-host, Game. Uh, this is Fig. Game cannot be with us today because, unfortunately, he has swine flu. Um, and But we are here, fortunately enough, with Nob. Say hello, Nob. Hello, Nob. Hello, Nob. Uh, we also have with us um, some notes that we found from the show, which is uh, this week's show was January 31st, 1978. From I believe it's pronounced Chicago. Can you help me with that, Nob?
1: That was my joke from the pre-show.
0: <laughs> I need any but help yes, I, believe, get. I believe it's pronounced Chicago. Chicago, right, because it's it's Chai Town. People call it Chi Town. Yeah. For um, a reason. Yeah, so Nob was able to find the notes of one Dick Latvala uh, from from so Picks of, Fame.
1: We can all agree if there's one person who understands the Grateful Dead as much as game, it dick probably comes close
0: yeah close second um and so yeah so we found some cool handwritten notes here from uh dick from dick's picks fame and um so you know Nob and i will discuss our feelings about the show our highlights and our reactions and then we'll get some from uh dick as well before we go into our weekly show january 31st 1978 Um, Let's have Nob talk about some Channel 6 news. We have a Meetup at the Movies. Nob, why don't you tell the audience about the Meetup at the Movies?
1: Meetup at the Movies is back. It was gone because of the novel coronavirus, but it's back now um, on November 1st and November 5th. Uh, They're going to be airing a Europe 72 show uh, from the Tivoli, or however you pronounce
0: that. I believe it's Tivoli.
1: (laughs) Concert hall. which is, uh, video circulates, uh, not of the whole show, and to my understanding, it's not going to be the whole show, but it's everything that they've got video of, which I believe is about an hour and a half or two hours out of a three-hour show.
0: Which is a decent time to be at the theater.
1: Yeah. No, I've watched it. It's, it's annoying because the video that's on YouTube isn't in the correct order, or maybe the album that's on Spotify isn't in the correct order, the, the set lists don't sync up. And so I tried like listening along one year and also watching, like pausing and going back and forth between the two, but I had to jump around too much. It made my head hurt. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the so, is back.
0: yeah so if you want to hear more about meetup at the movies, um, there's a website you can go to. It was www.meetupatthemovies.com. And on uh, November 1st, November 5th, you know, you can go to your local cinema, hopefully, and uh, check out The Dead uh, playing in April 72, Europe 72, at the Tivoli Concert Hall in Denmark. That's pretty cool. Um, now I'm going to try to check that out. There's a lot of stuff I want to get to. Um, I'm a big David Bowie fan, and um, his, uh, you know, the rock the biopic Moon for
1: Dream.
0: Moon Age Daydream is coming out. Um, yeah. So I'm starting to get hype about that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to check that out. Maybe I'll check out some Meetup at the Movie stuff, too. The other piece of news, um, you know, as you could, you know, as frequent listeners know, there's been somewhat of a lull in Grateful Dead news. But this week, we all celebrated the 79th birthday of one Mickey Hart. So happy birthday, Mickey. Wow. Yeah, so we just want to take a moment. Mickey. Yeah. Um just want to take a moment to ask Nob: What is your favorite Mickey moments? Ooh. I'm not talking well, sure, about the
1: mouse. She's... Nice, nice. We can't legally; they'd sue us.
0: <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> my, I will. One fun. My favorite Mickey birthday moments. Uh, there is a Mickey birthday show on his 45th birthday, and you can do the math as to what year that is. Um, but yeah, actually. For beat it on down it's the line. They play 45. No And it's so funny. Every and you can keeping... tell the whole fans getting a big kick. That's brilliant. Um if I had to guess, Phil is angrily yelling out what number they're on each time. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, and then in general, you know, as a as a, a a youthful dead fan, as someone who was not alive when Jerry was around. Um, a a favorite uh, Mickey moment of mine. I went to see Dead & Company with friends of mine and we saw the Philly show in 2021 and it was fun. It was a really good show, Um, but we were pretty far back. We got kind of cheap seats. The next year we found like a good deal. So we were able to get pretty good seats for a good amount of money. And the thing I was most excited about was as much as a fun show that my friends had the last time around, they didn't feel the beam. At that, well, as far back as we were in Citizens Bank Park, you weren't able to feel the beam. Right. So the next year, when we were that close up, like my friends just vibrated, and just <laughs> the way that they were, he, Mickey was just able to command that entire architectural structure. That's awesome. It was just this wonderful musical vibrational wizardry.
0: Yeah, I've seen yeah. concerts at citizens bank park and if you're f- too far away like those repeaters yeah. do not do the the band's audio justice no. um you know you're getting you're Don't there get you're getting me the wrong. experience yeah
1: we picked seats in section 420 on purpose because we oh, thought it exactly would be funny it's and it's a good view it's right it's pretty much right in the middle which is a nice view it's, it's home plate um, yeah yeah but uh it's
0: all the way up so right. Yeah, I actually had season tickets to the Phillies in Section 420 Hmm. because I thought it would be funny. Good. We thought in the same way. But it's not funny when you can't tell where the baseball is when the pitcher is throwing the (laughs) baseball.
1: No, when you find yourself watching the screen the whole time, you're like, hold on,
0: this is like at home. Yeah, why am I here again? Um, But yeah, I I would say that probably a – favorite mickey moment is what he does in dead and company um i appreciate what he does in dead and company a lot more than really historically what i appreciate him doing in the grateful dead um you know drums for me and you know we'll we'll get there tonight i usually don't listen to it that much if i do i don't listen intently it's kind of like wallpaper to me um and, but, what he does with Denning and Company, it's actually it's fresh and and it adds so much to the show. And it's so interesting to me, you know, like the the light show, I think, adds to it too. what he does with the beam is is incredible. Um, you know, I'm not talking about him licking the beam, although sure, you know, we're going to keep track of how many times he licks the beam, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, I know yeah, that it is. as
0: one does, <laughs> <I have> to know <laughs> for uh, some
1: reason, that's the life I've chosen to live. <laughs>
0: <laughs> to make spreadsheets about when and if Mickey licks the beam. Um, oh, yes, yeah, so I think he's kind of really coming to his own. I mean, like the tech. I, I, he's he's kind of he like done. a tech, you know, guru. He's always ahead of the time with with the tech, and I think the tech has really come into its own now, where he can finally do what he wants to do on stage every night, and it's so cool to see him, you know, um, grow into into that role, and and it's awesome. And and I will say, you know, from you know, kind of. Going back in time, you know, when I get a Billy-only show, not that I don't like Billy, I just think he's a lot better with Mickey. Uh, I like Mm. percussion with the band. I think that it really opens up what the band does. You know, say something like Fire in the Mountain, uh, Scarlet Fire, which we feature tonight, uh, it just sounds so great to have. All of those polyrhythms going on at the same time, and, and and Mickey is is a master of all that, and I think he has a advanced degree in that kind of stuff. So yeah. he does add quite a lot, and and to my ears, he he makes the Grateful Dead, you know what it is. Um, so, Happy Birthday, Mickey! Seventy nine years young, you don't look a day over seventy five. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> here's to many many more, and uh, keep doing what you're doing, Mickey. All right. So let's move into today's or this week's show. Today we'll be featuring January we 31st. Chicago. That's right. January 31st, 1978. The band rolled into Chicago in Lenoir. And uh, they, I we're thought they played ducked. a great set. Yeah, but we're, we're done. <laughs> we're, we're, this is not airing in, uh, in Central, okay. um, uh, Central not, not Central America, but uh, Middle America. Um no. Yeah, I, I thought this was a great show. Um, let's run into the uh, the first set. Let's run down the first set. We start with a Mississippi half-step opener, uh, right into a passenger. We get a Tennessee Jed. We have our El Paso into a Candy Candyman, New Minglewood Blues. They love each other, and finally, let it grow to end the first set. So, Nob, what did you think of the first set?
1: Good. Um- It's a '78 show, um, and I mean that with the highest praise. Well,
0: it's kind. It's I would say it's a transit. This is a January '78 show, right? Like not fully in the whole '78 mode, but yeah,
1: Yeah, we're not in the summer, but we're close to those February. This to me feels like a comfortable. If you told me this was a week away from the Mescaline show, I'd believe you. Um, (laughs) Which
0: it is. Um, Well, it's also a couple weeks away from Jerry's laryngitis.
1: True, this is the Jerry. We're fresh off of the Jerry Laryngitis shows.
0: Yeah, Um, he sounds great, but God.
1: Yeah, but I I think uh, in general, you get a lot of songs that are played very well in a very energetic, fun atmosphere, but there weren't a lot of songs here with like jams that really inspired me. Um, And that's not fully a knock because most of the songs they went for don't really have jams that are looking to inspire. I thought the Mississippi half-step opener was really fun. It's really bouncy. Truth be told, I'm a little hit or miss with dead openers. I find that they usually take two or three songs to kind of find just what the vibe is for tonight. Um, But this is one where they knock it right out of the park, straight out of the gate. I'll mix up my sports metaphors for fun. (laughs) Um, I'm sad game couldn't be here to discuss this passenger. It's a really good passenger. it's a slow but groovy Jed. Um, it's, it's got some good build to it. I wrote in my notes, Big and I are probably going to badmouth it, but if you're a Jed fan, it's a pretty good Jed. Uh, Interesting. It's, uh, yeah, The Candyman I really liked. It's an audience tape, um, which bums me out a little bit, but the quality of the recording aside, it's a really good run of Candyman. it is not to be missed it's just very sensitive when it needs to be and then it's bold when it needs to be you know um 78 77 78 is a good period for new minglewood blues this is no exception it's just a really good party energy um i like the solos on they love each other keith has some really fun stuff um And then I also really enjoy the Let It Grow. It's not the jammiest Let It Grow, and I I do love the jazzy, exploratory Let It Grows, but it is a dancey Let It Grow. It is a high-energy Let It Grow. Um, Phil is on top of things. In general, this is a good night for Phil, and Betty Boards, in general, are kind to Phil. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is a really good night for Phil, and Let It Grow is a really good showing of him playing in the pocket of these tunes. but yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. I think Mississippi Half-Step, Handyman, New Minglewood, and Let It Grow are probably what I'd write home about. Um, what did you think, Fig? Uh,
0: yeah, I, I, you know, generally, I thought this was a good Phil show, like you said. Um, Phil was definitely kind of in the driver's seat for a lot of the show. I thought this was a good Donna Jean show. I think maybe mm. I had missed Jana Donna Jean and, and what she provides and and even Keith t- to to some extent. I thought, you know, Keith was playing really good stuff. Yeah. Um especially in Jed, which I actually really liked. So, you know, kind of mm. pushing back on wow. yeah. Uh, this was also that's a what great dynamic. Yeah, that's what you get. Uh, this was a good dynamics show. I thought that the band yes. could really bring things down almost to, you know, whisper quiet and then really expand things back up. And we'll see that a couple of times throughout the show. Um, Half Step up, uh, but but generally, you know, I kind of agree with you. Like some of these songs were just not inspired. So let's just run through it. Um, Half Step was good. Um, you know, it was, right, it was good right out of the gate. Sometimes you don't get that. So, you know, this is a... Yeah. Mississippi half step that was good. It didn't really do that much to me, but maybe it doesn't have to because it's just the opener. Uh, Passenger actually grew on me. The first time Mm. that I listened to it, I just wrote slop. I thought it was sloppy. Um, And then, yeah, and then I listened to it again. I think I listened to The Matrix, and I I would recommend to the audience to listen to the Sir Mick Matrix that's out there on the archive. Um, And it actually sounded a lot better on the second listen. So. Um, it would be cool to see what game has to do, but you know he got H1N1, and, and he's out here. Um, Tennessee Jed is a lot of fun. And then I wrote that things finally get good, but that was before I kind of realized I like Passenger as well. Um, there was some awesome Jerry and Keith counterpoint going on um, throughout the solos that just really made things you know, propelled to the next level for that Jed. Uh, El Paso happened. Uh, Candyman being an odd, I said was a great tragedy, maybe one of the greatest tragedies yep. I've heard uh, recently in, in in this project. And then the, sure. the interesting the the kind of cool thing and like what kind of made it actually be an okay tragedy is you know because it was well played. I agree with you. It was a good candy man. I would have loved to hear this in the soundboard recording. Uh, but we had to get a patch for the odd. And then it goes into new Mingle blues, which starts as an odd okay mm-hmm. but then it switches like maybe i don't know 15 seconds in it switches to the soundboard quickly, yes. and and that switch from odd to soundboard to me was like a wizard of oz moment yeah. right where it goes from black and white to color See, and, I
1: feel, i'm gonna yeah. say something very similar about the plane and the band and set two you're yeah
0: hey, excellent yeah because uh this you know because newman would you know it's a yeah, you know, essentially, it's a '77 Minglewood, and it's it's well yeah. played, and it's fire, and it and it hit, it punches you in the mouth. Um, so it was great to hear that we had that as a soundboard. Uh, they love each other it was good. It had me dancing, but it wasn't very inspired. It was kind of like a studio take of uh, They Love Each Other. I thought mm-hmm. Let It Grow was phenomenal. The dynamics yeah. were incredible. Um, great tempo, great false ending there. Um, Uh, On The Matrix, it was really cool to hear how the crowd reacts. Uh, Jerry was just going completely nuts. A lot of creativity in what the band was doing with with Let It Grow. Um, So that was a great um, set closer uh, from Let It Grow. Let's check in with Dick. Let's see what uh, Mr. Latvala liked. Go ahead, Nam.
1: Well, based on his notes, his highlights, the ones that he has starred are the Mississippi Half Step, the Tennessee Jed, they love each other, and the Let It Grow. Uh, very specifically, uh, Mississippi Half Step starts things off in a mighty exciting fashion, it being close to the energy exhibited in the 5777 version. They screw up Tennessee Jed noticeably, but rebound nicely to move uh, to make it fairly interesting. They love each other is especially pleasing to the year. Let It Grow is short and direct and very nice.
0: Yeah, I didn't really notice a, a mess up in Tennessee Jed, but...
1: No, I and I even read dixteers. his notes... Before I, I listened to the Jet again after hearing his notes and I could not tell you exactly where they mess it up, but that's why there's no yeah. knob specs.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. Is and actually in his note here, he says the tape history was received from Rob Bertrando on a mm. Maxell Reel. Wow. Uh, fourth generation audience tape. So I oh. guess maybe that's where we got the odd patch there, and I guess maybe later we got the Betty Board. So yeah. it'd be cool to hear how Dick thought about things if he could have heard the soundboard. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's but funny,
1: because he even notes that the quality on this recording is very good. It's impressive for an audience, too.
0: Again, it, it is one of the miracles of you know, the time that we live in, that we can just punch yeah. up any Grateful Dead show and get a soundboard recording for free on the archive. Yeah. It's just so cool that we can do this. Um, we don't we don't need a a Maxell reel to reel player of a fourth generation audience tape. I mean, it's just so cool. Like we we live in exciting times. Yeah. Um, and uh, set two had some exciting songs. That's my segue. Um, and it's Scarlet Fire to start things off. Into Samson Delilah, we get a Terrapin. Into Playing, into Drums in Space, into a Black Peter which follows by a truckin' into good lovin' to kick things off. There is no encore, ladies and gentlemen. That was <gasps> January 31st, 1978. Nob, nah, what would you think of set two?
1: Um, I liked it. Um, I, I hate to keep calling these songs fun, but I think Scarlet Begonias has a really fun, dancey energy to its verses. Yeah. Um, the beginning of that jam lost me a little bit, but then it gets very tender and, and sensitive around Donna's vocal.
0: Um and that is just lovely. Yeah. Um, oh, can we can we rate the Scarlet Fire when you're done? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um So good. Then it goes into the
1: Fire on the Mountain, which I do. I will say I like more than the Scarlet Begonias, just because uh, Jerry, he's just got all these licks in him. He's he's just on fire. I'm a sucker for the the Mutron sound, and I I was worried that I was just falling for its charms once again. But no, he was he was killing it. The licks were really good. Nice, um, nice. I I think I It's a good Scarlet Fire I, I'm going to steal the quote that Dick had in that the Scarlet Fire is good but I don't find it to be exceptional in any way um, I would probably put it like a 4-5 but that's not it's not a knock because it's still a good you know it's the 78 Scarlet Fire it's still very good but it's not my favorite um, Samson's really fun um, I think the energy in it is really nice. It's a really good song for a night like Tonight. Um, terrapin, and I feel bad about saying this, but like it's a Terrapin that's just played well. And it doesn't, to me, there's really nothing to say except the last minute transitioning into playing in the band it gets really quiet and really touching. And I'm really impressed with that. Um, then we get to, and I, I think in the last month, I've just become a fan of this song. But, our big improvisational vehicle of the night is playing in the band. I think it's really good. Um, the switch to the audience tape it happens on a measure line. it It feels weirdly artful the way that uh, the soundboard is faded out there. It sounds like how sometimes in modern pop recordings, they'll briefly like thin the sound for a second so that it can come back in super wide. It feels mm. like they're doing that but just by accident in 1978 you know um or
0: maybe that's part of the mastering that sir mick did yeah. I, I don't know which uh, version you're you're listening i mean there's I a miller, the, the out miller. There. okay yeah yeah that could be um, miller's genius there yeah
1: no all props to miller there um it's a very spacey what I thought was the ending to playing in the band. I'm I'm going to argue that there's no drums in space in this show. It's just a long playing in the band with a brief little drum interlude. I like that. That'll that'll be my hot take of the night because the band doesn't leave the stage for the drum part and Phil almost immediately starts playing with them again. And right. when the jam comes back in, it's still got that playing in the band energy to it. I, don't get me wrong. It's great, it's one of the highlights of the show. If you're looking for an exploratory, improvisational moment, this is your moment. But I don't think it's a drum space. I think it's just playing in the band. Um, I'll take that hot take with me to the grave. Um, I think it's a really tender Black Peter. Jerry sounds great in it. Um, It's a really good ballad for a night like tonight because it gets really quiet and really soft, but the drummers keep a constant groove. This Black Peter never feels like it drags, but it doesn't feel rushed. Yeah. um, In my opinion, into uh, a truckin' transition. It, It sounds like they played three different intros to truckin', but like... No one was on the same page about which intro to Truckin' they were gonna play together. Um, once they got into the song, it was really fun. Um, it's got good energy, but the intro was very funny and how uh, that transition did not work. And uh, Good Lovin' was a really fun, high-energy tune to close. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed Set too. Like a lot of 78 shows, uh, it was a really fun party. What did you think, Fig?
0: Yeah, I, I, I thought a lot along the same lines that you did. Uh, it was really interesting to hear your uh, your feedback. I'm I'm not going to fault you on the playing in the band uh, hot take. I think that's probably the best take of the night. Um, Thanks. And mostly because not the pronunciation I have... of Chicago, <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> um, we'll never know. We, we will never know how to pronounce that word. Um, no, it's mostly because I actually didn't um, really write down anything for my uh, take on playing with the band. So I'm just going to go with yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm just gonna glom onto that. But um really good take Fig. I, thank you, thank you. Um, I heard it somewhere from somebody. I, I will kind of push back on Scarlet Fire. Um because I just thought it was a vibe. It was cool. Um yeah. Scarlet it was just very well played, as a lot of the show is, and, and like a party. I, I think I liked how you phrased 78 shows as, as a party. And this was a party. Scarlet was you know had that feel to it. Uh, the transition was just a vibe. Um, Donna mm-hmm. had some really beautiful, you know, kind of almost acapella type uh, vocals that she was doing. Um, and the transition was, you know, the band just kind of, they were feeling each other out, but yeah, it wasn't like they were playing Hot Potato either. Like, yeah. I, I believe I I used that, you know, term, turn a phrase a couple of weeks ago about a uh, Scarlet Fire transition, where Jerry was like, "I don't want it." Someone else take it, you know. Like you could just <laughs> tell that there was a tension there. Yeah. But, but this was just the vibe. They were just having fun. They're just making beautiful music together, um, for you know quite a while. It's a pretty long Scarlet Fire. It's about twenty minutes of music. Um, mm-hmm. And and Fire, you, you mentioned the Mutron. I was loving uh, Jerry's uh, tone. It was like Mutron with yeah. some distortion. It just sounded really good. Um, but but to be honest with you, the Fire was kind of stereotypical like there wasn't anything really going on there um but it was overall um it was fun it, i i don't think it was a 4.5 i would give it probably a a six i'm gonna give it a solid okay. six it didn't didn't really do that much to me but like it was awesome just to play when i was you know working because yeah. it just gave me a vibe and that was great that's all i need samson delilah uh it was, it was well played i have nothing really to say about it um Terrapin kind of, you know, one of the themes of the show is it was just good. It was like a studio yeah. version of Terrapin Station. Like they didn't do all that much with it. Um, but it wasn't bad either. It was just very well played. Uh, playing in the band, I I had nothing for playing in the band drums in space, so I'm just gonna go with the hot take. Playing yeah. in the band? It was a good take. It was a good take. Oof. What can I say? Uh, but I do have a take about Black Peter. Um, okay. I thought I, I love I love this song. I really do. Yeah. Um, and and this was an awesome version of it uh, with a ton of dynamics, and yeah. if you actually look o- on the archives, you know the archive shows you the uh, the graph, like the audio graph. I don't know exactly what it's called. Now you you might know, um, but you know you can kind of see what the sound looks like. And there's yeah. a part in in uh, Black Peter where it almost looks like there's no music playing, yes. uh, for for a very long time. But it's actually just this very soulful. Um, I think it's Jerry singing. Um and so it's it's beautiful. And Jerry's voice is beautiful throughout, which is pretty cool because, you know, a couple of weeks before that Jerry had this bout of laryngitis to start yeah. um January of nineteen seventy eight where he couldn't sing at all. So if you go back to those early seventy eight January seventy eight shows, it's all Bobby songs. It's all cowboy songs yeah. because Jerry was uh, was not in a singing voice, but it's just so cool to hear uh, the dynamics and, and the soulfulness in his voice by the end of January seventy eight. So I thought Black Peter was a huge um, uh, highlight for the show. Truckin, I don't have much to say. I did hear it was interesting. Like I believe either at the end of Truckin, I think it was at the end of Truckin, Phil tries his darndest to get the band to go back into playing in the band.
1: Like, interesting.
0: Yeah, like you might want to go back I and felt, take a look. It, go ahead.
1: Because I felt like it was Bobby that was trying to get the band to go into playing in the band, and Phil was trying to go into good lovin' here.
0: Hey i heard bass doing it it's possible that sure i mean i literally heard the riff you know like yeah. the two playing the deck like, there but there, there no that's that's uh dark star but y- you know like the, the yeah, riff yeah
1: thank you right.
0: yeah. um i thought i heard on bass it could have been but it could have been uh bobby yeah. who knows but it could be different um,
1: parts of the show we're
0: talking about absolutely uh, and then and then Good Lovin' was a good way to end. I didn't think they needed an encore. Uh the band said what they needed to say. Um, you know, they left it all on the stage here. So uh yeah, oh, I no, thought it was a good set too as well. Like that. Yeah. Um yeah, so it was fun. I will echo that as well. It was a very fun mm-hmm. show. Um kind of quick, you know, like but but they, they made you know, they left it all on the stage. Let's hear what uh Dick has to say. He really liked the Scarlet Begonias, he liked the Terrapin. Um yep. and that's actually, that's actually
1: it. That was the only one starred, yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he says, Scarlet Bagonia's into Fire on the Mountain is good, but not exceptional in any way. Uh, Terrapin Station is better than usual, with Plane in the band being average. Ugh. The highlight is the jam section. You're
0: going to have to fight this where they, get guy, into an,
1: where, where they get into a nice space out. Yeah, I now have beef with Dick Latvala yeah. over his, his 78 plane in the band take. Um, <laughs> uh Black Peter is better than usual, and Truckin' is also in the same class. We get an unusual ending as they fidgeted around for what to drop into after truckin playing in the band was obvious, but Lesh gets inspiration for Good Lovin, which is prompt, tight, and efficient
0: interesting, interesting. all right. We might have to go back and and see who was trying to get the band to go back into good love and the or go, go back in the playing in the band there. I was gonna uh, say that Dick agrees with my
1: opinion, but uh, I'm pretty sure I stole it from his notes.
0: yeah, it sounds about right. um. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to get some confirmation. Maybe when um, when uh, Game gets back from Spanish flu, we'll, um, yes. yeah, he'll, he'll have something to say about that. And he'll be the tiebreaker. I hope we don't have a tiebreaker about the next segment, which is with which set we're going to feature. This could be interesting because there's only two of us. Yeah. Um, so let's start with, um, let's start with Knob. I don't want to influence him because I'm pretty sure I know which one I want. So what uh, set would you like the audience to to hear right after um, our talking?
1: I don't know. You know, I, going into this recording, <laughs> I felt pretty strongly that I was going to vote set one, but okay. now that we're here, I'm not sure, but I think I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to say set one.
0: Oh, okay. All right, good. Um. I uh, I will go set one as well. Um, I was, oh, about, to th- I was <laughs> about to find a random number generator to pick a number between was, 1 and 10. And that was going to be... I was,
1: was going be... to say, we go with whichever one had more songs that Dick liked more, knowing that that
0: was set one. Um, that is set one. Oh, uh, yeah. Because yeah. Dick would be the tiebreaker. That's a good call. That's a, Yeah, I was going to really
1: unfairly uh, tilt the scales in my favor.
0: Dick would have wanted it this way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so... You heard it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. After uh, we conclude the podcast, please stay tuned for set one of January 31st, 1978. It was a good set one. Uh, Candyman is just a huge tragedy that that was not saved for whatever reason um, to posterity as a soundboard. But, you know, maybe it's a testament to the rest of the songs that uh, it was so good that we're going to feature that over Scarlet Fire, which almost is, in my opinion, an auto feature, you know, an auto set. But Nob, would this be one of your Book of the Deads?
1: Yeah, I think it would. I do. Yeah. I don't I'm gonna know, agree I don't know you. why I went Seinfeld for that one, but yeah, I do. He does. I <laughs> it's he the just... 78 show.
2: <laughs> it's, it's a, a party. party What's the deal? What's it? They don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: this is the next ten minutes of the show. Yeah, absolutely. Um
0: these pretzels are making me thirsty. All right, go ahead.
1: You don't you don't know this audience, but we actually edited out about fifteen more minutes of Fig and I <laughs> doing the Seinfeld voice. Um, <laughs> so there were no Reddit comments this week.
0: There were none. Oh, wait. Did,
1: yeah, you you there put the on your book of the dead.
0: Yeah, yeah, but, oh, but I would to put this on my book of the dead. It was it was good. Seventy eight. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, unfortunately no no Reddit comments um, we did get one from last week's show about uh, Lancaster a little bit after we recorded some a couple people were like oh that's my hometown I didn't even know they came to rock Lancaster but indeed yeah. they did and uh, and then they came to this very small town named Chicago or something and, and they played really well uh, for this week's show so, yeah I hope you guys enjoy it I really do um, and I hope you guys enjoy next week's show um it we were going to feature um pretty cool a uh, uh, the the band's playing in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, the f- thirty-fifty, the 31st state, the 50th state <laughs> of the union uh, in in Hawaii. Um nah, but I think you you had some sort of trivia about how many times the the Dead, the Grateful Dead played
1: in yeah. Hawaii. Yeah, the Grateful Dead didn't do a ton of Hawaii shows. They were all, there's only five of them and they're all in 1970. And this one is the exact middle. They did three nights in January and then two nights in June. This is the closing night of that three night run. It's the middle of the five Hawaii shows.
0: What I find surprising because Jerry had such an affinity to yeah. Hawaii. And of course, Billy still Same lives Christ, in Hawaii. Man. Yeah, Yeah. So, you know, you'd expect them to kind of get a free trip out there courtesy of, you know, the management company um, more often than they did. But yeah, I mean, and then 1970, Working Man's Dead, you know, like this should be cool. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, so that'll be next week's show we'll be talking to you about. It's not a very long set. It's only about an hour. Uh, but it is a soundboard, and uh, it should be a good one, a uh, good pig pen show from Honolulu, Hawaii. OK, so that's about it for us. We just want to remind everybody that if you like what you're hearing, um to smash the subscribe button like and share with all your your friends yeah please 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 please. um you know um gotta gotta spread the good word um and we do play some of the best music that's ever been uh you know ever been put to tape so um and you can find us wherever wherever podcasts are downloaded but not the ones that rhyme with rod and todify so if you have a uh podcast uh you know, player that rhymes with Rod and Totify, you won't find us there, but you can find us literally any, everywhere else. And if you want a, a link, just go ahead and email us at helponthewaypod@gmail.com, at gmail.com, or you could just take yourself uh, in your browser to helponthewaypod.podbean.com and you can find us stickied uh, right up at the top of reddit.com slash r slash grateful dead, a great community of deadheads on reddit um and you can even post your comment and if you post it we'll probably talk about your comment so you can be part yep. of our podcast too so we thank you for that and a little plug for uh Nob who couldn't or so, excuse me Nob for game who couldn't be whoa. here because he's ill with Nob go ahead and pick a random disease uh the play a humorous disease
1: go ahead uh the uh herpes <laughs> a humorous one <laughs> Uh, uh uh
0: uh whooping cough just, come on is, i some... had a
1: I, I had a friend in college who once texted our group <laughs> chat with no prompting hey guys i have a strain of strep that's only found in horses and we went what are you talking about and she went i have animal strep And we were animal like <laughs> feel better but how did you get horse strep so game has horse strep
0: Game totally has horse strep right now. And he's probably on his Twitch channel fixing it up. And if you want to go find his Twitch channel, it's www.twitch.tv forward slash the GD channel. And that's about it for us. Uh, Nob, nah, besides introducing the audience to the concept of horse strep, do you have anything else that you'd like to say before we peace out?
1: Um, no, I really want the audience to leave on that note.
0: Uh, okay I'm 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 not going to say anything else enjoy January 31st 1978 everybody
2: back. Mm-hmm. When I get there, to me home. Be one